<laughs> we need a tech guy. This is a you know a gal. We need tech gal. <laughs> you know what? That's how we're gonna start the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Black Jackson Estate. I am user one, Ashley, and you are user two. Damn, I keep doing that. <laughs> Either way, you're a user. I'm a user. We're all hey, over here. We're all users. User one point five somewhere. I don't know. Oh shit! Yeah, I'll probably cut that out of the podcast. Yeah, we need a tech guy. We need a tech guy. We um, need a tech gal or guy so bad. But anyway, we will pay you in in so what? Twice about what you're gonna pay in because there's no bad. <laughs> yeah. We would pay you in Michael, you know, memorabilia, maybe. I don't know, but we are deficient. Oh, yeah. We, we're having a late start today, but that's normal. It's so normal now that it, I'm telling you, we've taken CP time to the next level. It's cool, though. It's the Black Jackson Estate for a reason. It's too Black. It is too Black. I, there's no such thing as too Black. The lies. Either way, we need that. So if anyone's interested and wants to join the team, like we're for real this time. This is not play play. This is for real. Yeah, but email you- us at the Black Jackson Estate at gmail.com. That's the Black Jackson Estate at gmail.com. And you, you too can be an unpaid fellow like we are. Or sh- <laughs> or hit us up on our Twitter account at Black Jacket State, send us a DM or whatever. We respond to our DMs, man. Sometimes they get a little crazy and weird, but we respond to everybody until there's no need to respond anymore. Yeah, user one checks the DMs. I don't be in them DMs. Yeah, I normally am checking them. So, uh, y'all, every now and again, you jump in and I'll be like, I didn't say that. And I'll be like, oh, she must have said that. Yeah, very Um, rarely. So, you be talking to user one, y'all, just so you know. Just so you know. Um, so. cool. It's what's today? Tuesday. It um, yeah, it is. What a weak ass week. Anyway, what a super week, man. When we come live to you today, will be August 29th, two thousand nineteen. So either you're listening to it on that day or around then, or you just press the episode that said August 29th and you maybe you're listening from the future. And either way, oh, welcome. God. We're celebrating Michael Jackson's sixty first birthday, August 29th, nineteen fifty eight. Uh wow. Wow, what a monumental milestone we'll be celebrating. So let's chop through some news and then uh, we can talk about... We need like air horns right there. Like, meh, meh, meh. Like, we're going to do the news. I don't know. We need some. Oh, go ahead. Okay, cool. I'll drop some. I'll drop some in there. Okay, right? cool. Bam. 
Hold on, let's leave space for the air horn. You're gonna hear air horn. And there it is. Great. Cool. Uh so what's first on our list? Ooh, it's Tito time, aka it's brothers time. Who's going to see the brothers Jackson? We are going to see. I'm so excited to go see. Is this next week or the week after? It is. No, it is next Thursday. No, no, next. Yeah, next Thursday. Because my boss was like, can you let me know more than two weeks? I could, but I didn't. And I'm going. (laughs) I don't even know how I'm going to make this happen, but... Yeah, uh, I don't care. This I'm not gonna miss this a once in a life. If they come to your, this is an iconic group, an iconic American pop group. Michael included. Michael not there. It's iconic. You gotta go. What I'm supposed to be working? Nah, that's not how I'm gonna remember that. Nah, no, no. And we just plowed through the details. So. For those of you who missed our uh, Twitter announcement because we were super excited, um, Marlon, Tito, and Jackie did a video uh, saying that they were coming to Morganton, North Carolina. As y'all know, we're from North Carolina. Uh, Morganton isn't near either of us. It's in the fucking wilderness. But guess who's going to the wilderness? Us. We Like the children of Israel, we'll be out there. We'll be in and we'll be out. Um, so yeah, we're going to Morganton. That's going to be exciting. Uh, next freaking week. Holy shit. Cool. Can't wait. We are still having a debate as to whether or not we think Jermaine's going to be there. My bet is that Jermaine is not going to be there. I think Um, he's coming. I think y'all are tripping. I think he doesn't like to do the videos and I think he's going to be there every show. He's like pretty much there. So I think he just doesn't like to do the videos. I think Jermaine only does the video if he goes to the show. And I also think Jermaine hates the American South and doesn't like doing shows here. A lot of people hate the American South and don't like doing anything here. We still, we, we, we just endure. We endure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's it. I think he's coming. Can Jermaine, (laughs) Jermaine, we're coming to the show and we just want to know if you're coming to the show. So, if we can, can you let us know? Can you just hit us up on our page and say, "Hey, ladies, I'll be in Morganton, North Carolina," because I believe he's coming. And some other people who are going, user two, user one and a half, y'all don't believe he's coming. I think he's coming for sure. I can't wait to see his hair live. And oh man, I'm excited! I want to see that base. So Ooh. yeah, we should. I think we're gonna tweet him after we wrap this. We gotta tweet him. So yeah, yeah, we'll have we'll have updates from the Jackson soon. So that'd be cool. Um, next subject: Dave Chappelle dropped a hot new special this week. Uh, it's called Sticks and Stones, where he comes for cancel culture, and within the first fifteen minutes, he comes to Michael Jackson's defense in the most insane and hilarious way. It's brilliant. He's a genius on top of a genius. Have you seen it yet, user one? I've not seen it. I've just seen the clips people are sharing where he's like, yeah, I don't believe them. Mother. You know, I've only yeah. seen that part. So so you've watched the whole thing? Oh, I've watched it two or three times. Um, yeah. Is it classic Dave? Because, you know, there was a point. It's like, I was going on. Dave 
has always been classic Dave for me. Um, I think with his, I think he was paving the way with his Netflix specials. If anyone's kept up with Dave over the years, he started touring again, um, probably like around 2010, 11 ish. And he'll do small shows. He'll do big shows. Um, and then he signed this Netflix deal. That's insane. It's something like 20 mil a show. Um, and when he started out, the first two joints he put out were two specials. So he put out four specials in two years. That's $80,000, Dave Chappelle. That's insane, man. That's called securing the bag for real. What I like about him is he's clearly not bound by this, I have to think and move a certain way. He recognizes that Hollywood is all kinds of messed up. He's like, uh-uh. If I re-enter this world, it's on my own terms. I'm not going to become a puppet, a muppet or whatever to the game. But let's talk a little bit about the blowback. Like just the the having an opinion contrary to the uh whatever's being given as the standard of what we all are supposed to lockstep on. Just having an alternative view. Listen, in the last week we had a United States senator or congressman say that slavery wasn't about racism. And slave owners weren't racist. And it was just all about money. And I don't see y'all tweeting nowhere near. These are Americans not tweeting. You're not tweeting nearly as much about things that matter. That's a problematic person who has the power to make laws that affect millions of people's lives. The, the things that matter aren't given the attention, but you get a blowback because Dave Chappelle said Michael Jackson, he doesn't believe the accusations based on real evidence. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about the Dave Chappelle special and his comedy in general. And I've seen Dave live and cried. Uh, He was so funny and he's always been funny. The thing about Dave Chappelle that appeals to the folks who really love him is his ability to be honest and funny um, and to really make the art make top tier art so you know the way that he goes about teaching lessons through like funny skits is hilarious his he's uh he's got an lgbtq skit that everybody wants to come down on him for but in my eyes you know it was him essentially highlighting you know how that community operates in a world where you know it's not quote-unquote normalized and how do we normalize um, you know, all these differences people have and and stop canceling people for not having a clear understanding. And so, you know, I can be empathetic to that position, but with the Michael case um, or with the Michael skit, he came out with receipts. Like <laughs> his receipts are hilarious, but they're true. Like, I don't know if everybody's been talking about the Macaulay Culkin part of the skit, which is a you know it's always like something in the back of my head where he highlighted Macaulay Culkin saying, you know, repeatedly on camera, testifying, saying that Michael not only never did anything inappropriate to him, he never did anything inappropriate around him, and he talked about don't um, give him all the spoilers now. They gotta no go this, watch. this this part is hilarious, and I'm going to spoil this part so. Good flag. Just go ahead and skip the next 30 seconds because she's going to ruin it for you. I'm going to ruin it for you. And that's cool uh, because it's my motherfucking podcast along with yours. So we get to do that. Um, But the skit said, you know, 
highlighting Macaulay Culkin saying Michael was never inappropriate around him or with him. And this, the joke, the punchline is Dave saying, I'm not a pedophile, but if I were, Macaulay Culkin would be the first kid <laughs> I would try. <laughs> and it's like, and that, that folks. Yeah. That I mean, is a, it, it, it's the, it's the, that is the part about comedy where they say something that's so fucking insane. Like nobody wants to say that shit out of their mouth, you know, trying to prove a point about Michael on the street, you know what I'm saying? But Dave Chappelle in, you know, trying to shock you enough to be conscious about it. Hey man, that's fucking true. I mean, if I'm, if you're out here being a pedophile, you would think a child star would be like a great prey, but you know, who are me to judge in the words of the great Andrew Caldwell. So um, watch the skits. Um, watch the whole special Sticks and Stones on Netflix. Dave Chappelle's fucking brilliant. And I think he did an excellent job of defending Michael um, against cancel culture. Yeah, for sure, man. Y'all, if you don't like Dave's stuff, that's cool. Um, do it for the culture. Just watch it anyway. Um, Our next piece of news Drum roll. Out. <laughs> Out of the dark ages of oh, no. 2009 came an unlikely hero. Does it need all of this? To defend okay, it does. Yep. our long lost and beloved Michael J. Jackson, a leader amongst peons with the lace front from the gods, and her name is Raymond Bain, an angel. An angel. Sent for us with a mess of a press conference that was also very pertinent. Let's debrief it. Well... When they said, so first of all, let's give a real big shout out to Raymond Bain, who is no lightweight in her field. She is no lightweight in general. She is certainly a complex figure in the Michael Jackson world, but she's not complex when it comes to her loyalty to Michael. You say, well, oh, she sued him for money. She did. Um, and I don't, I'm not going to pretend to remember all the ins and outs of that. She did sue him for money. Michael owed a lot of people money, and I'm not going to say she wasn't one of them. Now, the amount she's asking for seems a little off, but, you know, I don't know. But let's just say she's someone who's, who has a story that is legitimate, unlike some other people who chased Michael around the world to just get in his presence. Michael sought her out and her help because he recognized her as someone he believed could be beneficial to him and getting himself back together, getting his life on track. So she's legit in that regard. She does have something to say. Now, fast forward to her press conference. It was surreal. Um, it was unauthorized. What was surreal? surreal? Well, it was unauthorized, but we kind of like that we're unauthorized, you know. So that's cool. You play the bad girl. <laughs> She's, we're, we're just as unauthorized as she is calling ourselves the Black Jackson Estate. So it's cool. 
But she came, she might be our executor, you know what I mean? Because we, we might be on the same thinking page and some of this stuff. But it's kind of surreal in the sense of like, you know, she comes out with a picture of Michael's head on some guy, some 50 shades of gray guy body. And, you know, she starts talking about how she's going to create a foundation. She's creating a foundation in Michael's honor. It was just a lot. I will say that there was such a contrast between her and the the actual estate of Michael Jackson. And I thought some of the contrasts were very good. Right. Like, you know, highlighting his children, what they're doing, what they're achieving, highlighting his family, highlighting his blackness, which they it seems they only really highlight when they end up in some trouble. And they try to if you want to talk about people playing the race. Never mind. Let me not go there. But oh. she kind of made some points that were really, really valid. Some things that needed to be said about Michael Jackson and his humanity that I think has fallen off from the estates from the estates. That's, there was a lot of good stuff in there. I'm not going to get too far in. But it was some good stuff in there. It was also some questionable stuff in there. So yeah, I mean, I think I think this is the case for Michael as it is for anybody. Um, the people who were around him at different parts of his life all have different stories or different perspectives to share, and you can kind of you know piece together what makes sense and what doesn't. You know, sometimes you know people get their dates mixed up and shit like that, but. You know, for the most part, Raymond is, is strikes me as trustworthy in general. She is. I think it's also in, in full disclosure. And guys, we're going to like really pick apart her press conference in a whole nother podcast. So we just found out she's got a book coming out in 2020 about Michael. So that adds another layer of whatever on top of everything. <laughs> so, so, you know, obviously there's going to be some who say she's, stirring up controversy or whatever because she's got a book coming out next year and she's trying to get herself prepared for that if that's wrong then amazon has got her booked up and they got her name out there attached to this book for no reason but you know there's just a lot going into that but like i said we talk about a black person concerned about the affairs and legacy of michael jackson we don't see a whole lot of that in the estate. So that's perfect. That's wonderful. And we have to kind of sift through to figure out how this is going to play itself out, whether ultimately her reemergence is good or maybe not the most helpful thing to happen. You know, to be continued. To be continued. We love you, Raymond. Uh, Raymond <laughs> was asked point blank at the press conference whether she had any events prepared for the annual legislative conference that is hosted by the Congressional Black Caucus every year in Washington, D.C. She said, not yet, but it was a possibility. And my Black ass is definitely going to Congressional Black Caucus Week for work. So, Raymond, link up. You got to run into her, man. You got you to gotta at least say, hey... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'm gonna see Raymond. It's I'm yeah. going to so many events. It's ridiculous. It's you. Well, you get just make sure you are at her events. You will see that hair, and you'll know it's her. But you know, Raymond, like you gotta if you run into her, you gotta say hey. Just you know, tell her you saw the the press conference and you believe in her and the Michael Jackson New Beginning Foundation. So yeah, that part. Yeah. The so anyway, New Beginning Foundation. Foundation. It goes something like that, right? Did she I say like that. that. Mike, did she say Michael had that language in the? She language? said so much, and at one point, 
it's too much. I, I was I had such a hard time making it through. Um, but I think she said something like, it's just time for a new beginning or um, I'm not entirely sure. It was a lot happening. Well, well we're going to give it a whole podcast. Raymond Bain gets a whole podcast. You might get two if she comes to follow up. Hey, Swish. never know. Just shot the shot. Swish. There you go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Next up, uh, Chase the Truth. We've got a Chase the Truth podcast that uh, we're going to share with y'all as well that we just break down our viewing of that. But very briefly, we'll give y'all a heads up on it. Um, great film. It was really good. So it's about an hour long. So it's yeah. not a hard watch. I mean, anything getting the truth out there and, and, and just, again, just the fans are just, Michael's fans are great. Um, and it's not simply about defending someone you you find value in or iconic. It's really about going after the truth. I mean, there are people in other fandoms who are doing the same thing and trying to figure out how to how to merge the truth with their fandom because the truth seems to point to some nasty things about the person that they like. Michael's fans have searched high and low for something that would turn them away. And the truth is just that the evidence that you can point to is credible doesn't support what these guys are saying. Chase the truth goes into that. And somebody needed to, the estate is busy billing by the hour in litigation and the fans are doing the hard work of the court of public opinion, getting that information out there. So kudos to Michael's fam, man. The MJ fam is insane. Yes, and to the journalist Mike Smallcomb that made this happen, shout out to you. That was extra hours, bro. I'm gonna say that you know I, you know, this is maybe very American of me. That the British accent after about 20 minutes, I am really ready to put that down. I can't do y'all's accent. I cannot. So that got hard because I was like, can we just get one American to insert here every now and again? (laughs) And I get that we're not speaking the proper whatever, you know, we're like the mutt English, but the mutt English is ingestible for me at this point. So it was a lot. It was just a lot. It was a lot of British. For me, it's just, it's so weird seeing somebody who is from who is from where you're from be absorbed by a completely different culture that you don't have access to coming from where i'm from remember that song shout out to anthony hamilton hey, charlotte's hey. finest yeah. um but yeah. no that's that's really how it is it's like okay we're, we're talking about michael jackson from gary indiana um that lived in la that died in la uh that nigga being covered in a documentary for 90 minutes with a bunch of people with British accents, it's a little it's weird. Crazy. Well, you know what's crazy is that that happens so often with Black American entertainers that yeah. someone else, not Black, not American, picks up that story and and carries it. Is now, this I one told of those things about, where we should thank the British for their commitment to loving Black You know art? what? It's like really maybe... Do. Maybe we shouldn't have tossed that tea back in the day. Moving on. We love the British. 
That's how that story ended. <laughs> we love the British. We want to know who can let us stay with them when we come to Europe. Can't wait to come overseas and meet with y'all. Yeah, we don't want to stay at a at an expensive hotel. We want like a real experience. We want to feel like locals. Uh-huh. Where are black Brits at, man? Oh, it's a lot of them. Listen, we and just, not to say, listen. listen. Oh, he, oof. Where he, think he came Iman from, came are there from? more? Are there more where he came from? Yeah, Iman, Naomi, all of them was living over there. I'm telling you, listen, and not just black Brits, we love everybody. So if you if you if you got love in your heart for us, we'd come to stay with you, period. But um, yeah, man, we love the Brits. It's not even a thing, but the accent just, you know, if we come there and we just say we need quiet time, it's because we can't take no more. <laughs> <laughs> And y'all are listening to us say y'all and saying, oh So, yeah, so when you, need us to, when you need us to shut the hell up, too, we'll, we'll do it, you know. We'll take You can pause pause the pod whenever you need it's to. It's all good. It's all good. It's all love. So, the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award was given last the night. The Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Michael Jackson Award. Video Vanguard Award was given last night to the one and only Missy Mr. Mina Elliot and... How dope was that? Sh- How deserving? Melissa Elliott mm-hmm. has been busting her ass. Talk about it. From Jump Street. Jump. M- Missy Elliott started off ghostwriting for people. She ghostwrote like a whole Raven Simone album, like when she was <laughs> hot on the Cosby show. And That's I had. So Raven. Did she do that? Hell yeah, she did that. <laughs> Did she do that for real? No, no, no. I'm just kidding. She really didn't do that. Okay. Do you remember <laughs> when when Raven was little and she was rapping? Yeah. Um, thankfully, no. No. Okay, I'm gonna see you the video later. I actually put that in the notes for the episode. Raven Simone's that's what little girls are made of. No. Missy wrote the whole rap and it was fire. Yeah. That shit was elementary school fire. But Missy has been putting in work for years not only innovating her own material, but supplying a lot of the people we listen to with hits. Fantasia, Monica, Madonna. Talk about it. Some people didn't even deserve her greatness and they got it. No. Aaliyah. Aaliyah, R.I.P. Aaliyah, who the anniversary of her death was a couple of days ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean... Missy is for real. Like, I think about the people who got the award before her, and I'm going, how did y'all skip over Missy to give it to some of these other folks? I'm not dropping names because I don't really, I'm not getting into that. But I'm just saying that that her videos are so innovative. So, like, she really took the Michael Jackson blueprint and said, okay, he said think outside of the box. Don't even, there's no box. Do that. Create that when you're creating music and creating video and she has done that from a to z in her career and beyond z because she's still going but um how i mean just so deserving and she's so she's so humble and so grateful and man how often do you see that in celebrities just grateful and um truly humble not that fake stuff you know not that taylor swift stuff but truly humble and thankful for what you've been given and the opportunities you have she's just so positive and really coming from Virginia, coming from her background, some of the, the struggles and obstacles, challenges she faced as a young woman, as a, as a girl, 
And to be where she is now just really kind of puts into you, you really can achieve. And I think that's what she wants people to take from her journey and, and what she's been able to give the world. But let's transition a little bit because we know there was a lot of drama with it, but we're going to keep it positive because she did. Um, from from the time she found out she was getting it and let us know till now she kept it positive. She was happy to receive that Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. What user two is your favorite Missy Elliott song and video and or video? Okay, this is you got to pick one, so don't play this game. You got to pick one. This is literally like hard, right? I know. (sighs) Yo, if I just had to pick a video that was peak Missy flavor to me, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it would be Hot Boys. Hot Boys, that video. Is insane, like, and it's not one of her more like tech fancy uh, mm-hmm. videos with like necessary like CGI and you know her flying and stuff like that. It was a little more raw, where it was just fire and badass jeeps, armor roiled up. You know what I'm saying? Rims shining, Nas and all leather wrapping on top of a fucking Hummer truck, Eve, like. Just fucking fly. And Missy has always been fly. She has always put on a fire outfit on top of baller ass choreography on Mm -hmm. top of writing her ass off. Like, what else do you motherfuckers want? You remember what she said in um, in Ladies Night? What I look like? Patty LaBelle or somebody? <laughs> Listen, and what's crazy, and when I was hearing you just rattle off the list of her greatness, she did all of that not being the quote-unquote uh, ideal look, ideal skin tone, ideal weight, ideal... what Like, when you are talented, none of that is important. It's important when you don't have talent because you got to go off of something. You know what I mean? But her talent, how much harder is it for a dark-skinned Black woman to make it? She wasn't being promiscuous. She wasn't showing all her tail. She was being herself. <laughs> well, when you say promiscuous, you mean like I mean, I mean the visuals. The visuals. Now, the lyrics. I was about to say, quite, now, her lyrics. Now, the lyrics are quite, quite, okay? And so, Isn't you know, get uh, and you and that, you know that's actually my favorite video from her. I don't know if it was my favorite song. Oh, well, this is one of my favorite songs for sure. But Minuteman, man, I remember when that dropped, like, because that was just like the thing. I mean, we were like in maybe middle school, and um, I loved that song. And we knew what she was talking about, but you didn't know from experience unless you was a hot girl. You was real fast or whatever. But Can we talk about how I haven't heard that song in years. You gotta and hit now, that. when you go on your next run. I'm gonna need you to drop that. You want to talk? I listened to it from front to back at some point, and I was like, "Yo, this is fucking hilarious!" Because oh, I yeah. absolutely do not want a minute, man. No, and it's funny because you didn't. We were too young to really understand, but as a grown person like yes this did need to be (laughs) turned into a song and blasted on this needs to be pop radio this needs to be somebody's uh exit exit song like don't come back don't come back (laughs) do not darken my doorway with this Minuteman shit do not do that missy is just 
Oh, she's I, a genius, I, man. I love her, and and I also I also want to remind people like Missy had a point where she was very ill and she wasn't being public, and she was really really sick. And there were points where she thought she wasn't going to make it. So, you know, that was maybe 10 years ago or, or a little more than that ago. But when I tell you she has bounced back like nobody's business and she's still been consistently putting out product for people to absorb. Yo, give Missy her spin, stream her shit, buy her shit, go see her. If she pulls up in your area. She is an icon, period, poo. Switching gears, we're super excited. We got like a great show. We are honoring our guy who would have been 61 years old this year. He is spending his birthday as a heavenly birthday, but that's all right. We're still celebrating on Earth too because Michael Jackson, the king of pop, the greatest entertainer to ever live, the greatest entertainer of our lifetime, who so happens to be a black man from Gary, Indiana, who beat the odds yeah we're celebrating his birth we're celebrating a really big day um michael told the story of his birth in moonwalker saying he was born on a hot summer night and his grandma almost advocate well his grandmother advocated for his name to be ronald which is infamously uh, in the movie, um, The Jackson's an American Dream. But, you know, let's briefly talk about Ronald Jackson. You know, how do you feel about that name? That's a terrible name. I'm glad they didn't go. <laughs> like, I know, not, like, no, no offense to me, my own, the grandma, the Medea, whoever, however we would call her, may she rest in peace. But it just doesn't flow for an entertainer the only ronald y'all know is mcdonald nah uh ronald isley okay boom ronald mcdonald yeah okay ronald reagan he is not ma'am no Mm-mm. ronald reagan he's a ronald He's not an entertainer, and it's not a name. That he his- literally was an actor. What are you talking about? That was his thing. But he's like a, he was like, what, what year was Ronald Reagan born in? It's okay to have names like he Ronald. He was acting when Michael was a baby. It's okay to have names like Ronald and Petunia when you were born in 1902. But also, let's not forget uh ronald from new edition ronnie bobby ricky and mike ronnie right it's his name but that's not what we know him as as an, he's a part of new edition you can't you know half these folks can't name all the members of new edition no way by the name he's a part I of can? i said half these do half these ricky uh, bell ronnie devoe bobby brown ralph tresband johnny gill well tomorrow I'll take a poll find 10 randos and ask them to name all the members of new edition you know what they're gonna say Guess oh, what name michael bivens what name are they gonna say they're gonna say bobby brown okay right mm-hmm. yeah, well <clears throat> for your awareness uh, <laughs> ronald reagan 
was born in 19. You keep referencing literally one of the. <laughs> Michael went to the White House with that nigga with a military jacket on, fly as fuck. How Ramon said, Jimmy Carter said he wanted to meet Michael Jackson. How big do you have to be for a president to say, I want to meet you? Okay, so here's the thing I've learned working in politics. They always want to meet the big celebrities. What do you mean? They don't care about the kids, like the ones that are on TV right now, but you tell them Mike Jackson is going to be in Atlanta for a show. Of course Jimmy Carter wants to meet him. He might not even, he might not be bold enough to say, I want to go to the show, but he might say, can he stop by uh, the governor's house? Wasn't Nancy in the show? Reagan. Reagan? Oh, no. Or no, I'm really thinking about uh, Onassis. Oh, Jackie? (laughs) She was uh, supposedly one of the ghostwriters for his book, but... She uh, did. Oh, no, she did the... uh, What did she do? The forward in the book? She did do the forward and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Mike, I don't understand why, but it's cool. It's all good. But yeah... Uh, Ronald, Ronald is was out. Michael was such a good choice, and it just like he does have like a Michael Jackson. Like that's such a plain name. Then now <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just like iconic. Like literally, it's trademarked. You know, it's kind of crazy, right? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the estate says she's not authorized to use his name, and um, it's just so you know, fortuitous, the stars in line, you know, Michael really uh, came out a star, a real winner. Let's talk about the circumstances of Michael's birth or what we know. Um, So between Michael's book uh, and Catherine Jackson's book as well, um, we know that she had seven kids up at this point and had just lost Marlon's twin brother, uh, Brandon. And so, you know, you have twins, you lose one of the babies and you're sitting there with six kids in a two bedroom house. And then you're pregnant again, accidentally quote unquote, (laughs) but we all know. Listen, believe in the rapid succession of children that folks back in the day had is insane. And you know, Joe didn't believe in contraceptives. Let me tell you, I know the old fashioned pull out method is a preferred for all. No, the first of all, folks, no, whoa, 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 don't say that to the kids. I I was about to, I'm cleaning it up. Clear it up. We are role models. We are role models. Listen, if you were going to do the boom, 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 and I'm not telling you not to boom, 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 be safe. Always, always, always know your status. Know your partner's status. Don't get down if you don't know what's going around. But Joe knew exactly what was going around because Catherine Jackson had been his wife for some time at this point. Listen, if you were fertile... Let your partner know. Catherine Jackson had seven children come out of her body by 1958. That is 
quite an accomplishment. We need to lift her up. She's right. We're the one that had no babies come out. Zero. And she's had... Oh. By then, she'd had many. Her birthday is May 4th, 1930. So, let's do some math. I'm pulling out a calculator because I don't like to do math. So 1958 minus 1930. Oh, you're so smart. Do that math. Do that 28. math. 28. She was by 28 years old. She had seven children. That, you know what? That really speaks to such a different time frame. You know, things were very different. Right now, if a girl had seven children by 28, we would go, we would say some things. We'd be like, girl. Like, how is it possible? Not only how is it possible, what's wrong with you? But and and I say that with all due respect, times are different, right? People don't create those super big families anymore. Like my grandma had ten kids. People don't do that. And my grandma was born in nineteen twenty-eight. So, you know, people don't do that though anymore. We're thinking three and four, and that's quite enough. But back <laughs> in the day, they would have literally a litter. <laughs> We're not going to refer to them as a litter. But. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it's just too many. It was you know, definitely a lot of damn Jacksons as yeah. well as every other family. Um, right. And then think family. about that. All these kids, you don't have no money, really. You're poor. You're black. Okay, you're poor. That's bad enough. You poor and black. That's just like double your trouble, you know, and you're trying to make it and you're envisioning for your children something better than you have for yourself, which which was a reality, um, and, and we can, you know, Joe, the people who, there are people who really don't like him. There are people who do, but the truth is that because of what he did, he did not always do things that were right. We can't discount the things that all the siblings have said is true, right? There is a common thread of, of some of the things they claim he did or whatever, but had he not done what he did, had he not pushed his children as he did, they would not, you wouldn't know Michael Jackson. You would not be able to stand Michael Jackson. Joe Jackson is a direct line from that. Joe and Catherine are direct lines from that, not just simply because they are the biological reason they are here, but because of their belief in seeing their children's talent and believing it could go further. So that's difficult. 1958, 19, 19, the 50s, the 60s in America were terrible for black people. Well, let's just back up, and I want to talk more about Katie B. Screws, a.k.a. Catherine Esther Jackson, because let's not forget, this little baby was born and contracted polio at age two. So again, this makes the fact that by age 28 that she has formed seven whole beings inside of her, that much more phenomenal to me. And was feeding them potatoes. Like, <laughs> like was whipping, <laughs> figuring it out, like, as you go. Yeah. Luckily for them, they are literally one in a, in a million, you know, pick, pick, picked out of a haystack. It just doesn't happen the way it happened for them, where you have this literally super talented group of ch- children who are going to lift the entire family from poverty. Yeah, it's insane. Um, for more background on Miss Catherine, you know, she's from Alabama and relocated to um, like the East Chicago area, which is really industrial. So you're coming from, you know, living this 
really rural life where it's very much, you know, black and white on different sides of town. And, you know, you have the, the ways where you interact and the ways that you don't. And then, you know, most of the economy is agriculture and driven off of the land, literally. So you're transporting yourself from dust and dirt to smog and just energy and people everywhere. So it's literally completely opposite. And, you know, as a teenager, she's picked up and dropped in the middle of, you know, the industrial (laughs) uh, North America uh, or North uh, United States. And uh, that those was tough times, man. The great migration of black folks that traveled from the South moving North. And Joe is another example of this. People left that region and moved to Chicago and Detroit and all of those industrial cities up North. And so uh, she was a part of that migration thinking that, you know, there's more opportunity here. So, you know, even though you've got seven kids at age 28 in a two bedroom house, you got a two bedroom house that y'all, you know, are paying for yourselves. Be it struggling, you're paying for it, it's yours to the point where they still own it. Like that's their property, you know, that's beautiful. So, you know, they really just, they are the ideal American dream where you pull yourself up from your bootstraps. Yeah, that boot, they are the bootstrap story. So when you talk about these folks coming from those places and looking for a better life, this was for a lot of Black people really a chance to experience what America was saying that it had to offer, but they were excluded from. And they felt they could do this if they moved and they went someplace different, someplace that would be more open to them. And um, and I think I do think a lot of people were disappointed to see the same poverty and racism in a new place, just in a different form. And I'm sure they encountered that as well in that level of hopelessness. Um, but just it looked different being in a different place. So, I mean, you look at this time frame Michael Jackson grew up in, the family he grew up in. It is no small thing when people scoff at his accomplishments. It shows their own ignorance because how many, you know, you're talking about one in a billion, one in a billion. And, and let's not forget who did know that all of America was racist. Joe Jackson, who was born two years before Catherine. So he's 30 years old. At the point Michael was born, and Joe is actually from Arkansas. Joe Where Jackson. in Arkansas is he from? I'm gonna. I'm trying, trying to pull up my book by uh, old boy that I told you about. Where, where in Arkansas is he from? Um, hold on. I just got lost in the Clayton, Alabama portion because Catherine is from Clayton, Alabama, which is about 30 minutes from where my family's from. So you asked, when's the last time? Where? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Not even that. Where's uh? Is is so um. Miss Brenda Ritchie, she from where is she from in, in all from, of this? She's Piece from Tuskegee. Okay, so okay. so she's from Tuskegee, which is about thirty minutes from uh, the community where my family's from, and we're about thirty minutes from Clayton, where Catherine Jackson is from. So together, cool. I think Catherine Jackson probably grew up about an hour away from where Lionel Ritchie and Brenda Ritchie. 
Oh, Lyme was from too? But also, yeah, now, here's the thing. I know they went to school in Tuskegee. I don't know if they're actually from Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they all grew up within, honestly, within like 40 to 60 miles of each other. Um, That's kind so, of crazy. That's yeah, crazy. It, it really is. And I love that my family Sad. somehow in the mix of that. And then, uh, so Joe is from Fountain Hill, Arkansas, which is mm-hmm. in Southern Arkansas. Um, <laughs> it looks like the population is a total of 175 people. And I'm sure most of them are Jacksons. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> there... Is that, but Joe uh, was from Arkansas and his father moved to California um, after a divorce. And Joe moved out there with him at around 12 or 13 and was boxing. Uh, He was a youth boxer. And then after he had a bad fight, and I can't remember what his injury was, he stopped professionally boxing or doing amateur boxing and uh went to work and uh he did he left california and ended up going to the uh gary area and got to rapping and that's how it happened it's also insane to think about the odds that were against them you know indiana still has problems with a, a lagging economy and at the point yeah. Michael was born in 1958, that was certainly true. And yeah, it's true to this day. It's one of those areas that was thriving off of uh, the, the newly found uh, industrial labor force. And those jobs were often faulty. And so you'll, you hear a lot about um, the difficulty that Joe Jackson had maintaining regular work and Catherine Jackson working part-time or when she could and full-time when she could, you know, picking up gigs to make sure that they could cover these kids. Um, And not to mention, they had two more after Michael. So, you know, at capacity, nine children in a two-bedroom in one of the least upwardly mobile communities in the country. And somehow they blew out, blew the roof off. Like it's really crazy to think how they pulled that off. Um, The, the, I often think about the very petty argument that was highlighted very well in the movie. And Catherine Jackson, I think talked about this as well in her book about the day Joseph bought home all the instruments and Jackie had a hole in his shoes and she had just found out and wanted to get her baby a new pair of shoes and her husband without consulting her went and blew all the money that she had saved from her job because he was in and out of work and bought the kids instruments because he thought they needed that much one-on-one time holding microphones plugging in amps and and working on showmanship like that is such a gamble when you run your last on your kids experimenting on something, it's a lot of faith in that. So, you know, those are the circumstances that birthed the king of fucking pop, you guys. Like, there's no mystery as to why his star shines so bright. You had to, you got to dig down deep to bust out of that bubble, period. 
Like, oh yeah, you know, Joe's a crane man. He's a crane operator. You know, that's listen, dangerous work. It's dangerous work. And you know, you you look at it's like what you said, like that gamble. Any really good business people and the entrepreneurs you kind of like admire, you see out here, that's what they do. They literally gamble their last on an idea that they know has potential to go like big. But that risk is scary and it takes a lot of guts to do it. I want to give you some perspective on what the billboard charts look like the week of Michael's birth. The number one song on the Hot 100 charts was Little Star by The Elegance, a song I'm going to badly mispronounce. Who's uh, The Elegance? I have no freaking clue. Okay. Uh, Number two, Dominico Madungo with a song called Nel Blue de Pinto de Blue Valeri. You're tearing that up. You are tearing uh, up. The number three song on the right. Billboard Hot 100 was Bird Dog by the Everly Brothers. Uh, none of these people are familiar to me. That's what I was uh, How do we know? Yes. What, what's uh, going on every, on the black charts? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna scrolling down to let you know who's the first black artist that I see. Uh we've got Rock and Robin by Bobby Day was number 25 on the chart. So the original Rock and Robin was 25 on the charts the week Michael Jackson was born. And he re-recorded the song approximately 11, 12 years later. That's pretty dope. That is pretty dope. You know, that's crazy. Like, Michael Jackson covers a song that, that is on the charts the year he's born. He covers it 14 years later, the and he does it in a way. It's crazy. Hmm? The week he was born. The week he was born. Yeah, I mean... Crazy. I, I, think, I think when people try to downplay his influence or talent, I just don't even engage. It's such a stupid thing. He is, he was immensely talented. He changed the game. Even look at that cover. Michael was able to cover other artists authentically, which is hard to do. Because people feel a need to literally mimic note for note, phrase for phrase, breath for breath, what the, the original artist did. And it really takes something special to create your own from someone else is recording and Michael Jackson was able to do that there are other people who can do it too but it is not a common ability he was otherworldly that's for Dizam Shizur um I mean that's pretty much it I just wanted to take a peek in 1958 so we could all kind of put him to perspective it's 61 years later um, and again, consider the circumstances of Michael's birth, um, and what his place in his family and, um, his place in the world and how it evolved, um, through the course of his life and just the person that he matured into, um, and the, the amazing gift that he was. And he along with his brothers, come bouncing into the culture with their beautiful, round little afros. They were so shaped perfectly. 
Oh man, the work that they did on those furrows. Um, I really appreciate Jermaine's book. Another humble plug for Jermaine's book, You Are Not Alone, where he talked about how important it was that they kept their afros round, talking about how they would fall asleep on the plane, holding up their heads with their fists so that their their <laughs> hair wouldn't get flat on one side for sleeping on the window or some shit like that. So at that point we know it's time to go to bed. We really we have such dope interactions. We're so glad you guys check us out every time we drop an episode and we're gonna get better. We need a tech guy or gal. If you think that that is you and you could edit us so superbly and bring us into 2019 out of 2002 where we are currently living (laughs) if you think that's you please send us up man we want you on the team when i tell you we want that guy tech guy or gal listen we want what are the qualifications before we before we wrap this up what is the qualifications one must love michael you must love michael two must understand our sense of humor and timing. Three, must be, oh, listen, because you need this. You must be skilled in the, in, the, in the technical arts and you must be disciplined to get it done by due dates. I know it sucks. Everyone hates due dates, but it's the only way we get shit done. So if you can do that, if you love Michael, you have got the skill. You understand how we are vibing on this podcast and you can discipline yourself to get it to us in time. And you exchange all of that for small Michael memorabilia sort of shit or Come just an opportunity. What? Come to death row. Come to death row. We, we got a space for you, baby. We have got a space for you. So four. can I add a four to the list? Before you know all the lyrics to give it up from the Jackson's album Destiny. Yeah, give it up. I just gave you some of them right there. So, so you know the lyrics, you got the other parts of the list, and you can be an apprentice to user two who will be your boss. If you down with us, we down with you. If you ride for us, we ride for you. MJ Fam. And if you don't fuck with us, then we don't fuck with you. (laughs) That's true, too. However, we are the Black Jackson Estate user, too. Ash Cash doing her thing on that end, user 1K, user 1.5. Not in this episode. Begs so hard to be a part of it. Kept her out of this one. We are looking for our next team member. If it's you, let us know, let us know, let us know. And we're out. What else you going to say? Hey, happy yeah. birthday, Michael. Michael. Happy birthday, MJ. We love you. The one King of Pop. That's it. Are you going to get the sound? We need, we need at least need the air horn. Oh, yeah, the air horn. Here you go. Hey, you going to hear it. You going to hear it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it.